Hey, good afternoon, evening, whatever you want to call it. The Sunday Yingling Live Extravaganza here at Power Mizzou. Gabe DeArmond coming to you from Mizzou Arena, where Missouri just finished off an 82-72 to win over Wichita State to move to 7-2 and on the season. We're going to talk a little bit about that one with Drew King. We'll bring him in in just a minute. Then we're going to talk Cotton Bowl, Mizzou, Ohio State. We'll have Gerard Hamilton and old friend Cameron Teague, who now covers the Buckeyes for the Athletic. We're going to talk a little bit about that game and uh, the relative excitement on both fan bases and all that. So, uh, first of all, before we get into this, though, we are brought to you every post-game show by our friends at Yingling. We are trying to work out something with them, maybe uh, get something for you guys down in Dallas prior to the Cotton Bowl. Details to come if we get that to happen, but even if we don't, Look, they've been great partners of ours all football season. We'll continue throughout all basketball season. They have really cool hats if you want those. Really good beer also. I recommend the beer over the hats, but if you can drink the beer while wearing the hat, um, it, it's really kind of a double bonus. So I highly recommend that. Welcome you guys into the show. Welcome Drew King in, uh, who is dressed, as always, much more nicely than me, but doesn't have a yingling hat on. So it's true. I feel like we're kind of even. I'm I'm pretty jealous of the Yingling hat. Not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I'm ready Drew, to talk some Cotton Bowl. Here we go, Ohio State. This big deal, right? <laughs> Maybe Drew will just break down the Cotton Bowl for you. Yeah, um, there we go. But uh, but look, I am going to lean heavily on you for this one because here okay. is we were dealing with uh, obviously bowl announcement, and I was making travel arrangements for Gerard and, and doing a lot of things. I didn't really get to pay too close attention to this one until about six, seven minutes left. But mm -hmm. like I would look up and Missouri would be up 10. And then the next time I looked up, Missouri would be up three. And then the next time I looked up, they'd gotten a dunk in a three and they were back up eight. They, they led for 38 minutes of this game. And to me, it never felt like a game they were going to lose, but also never felt like a game they had put away. Yeah, it, it, you know, and uh, Wichita State, it's a pretty solid team, right? So it, it's not necessarily like Mizzou was supposed to run away with this one, but there was definitely some spots where Mizzou had the momentum. They had, like you said, a 10-point lead multiple times um, and, and probably should have won this one by a little bit more than it did. But, um, you know, credit to Mizzou. They, they did what they needed to do because Wichita State did make it a little bit difficult for them late in the game there. And they managed to execute enough in the clutch situations to come out with the win. So we talked a little bit to, to Caleb Grill and Dennis Gates mentioned it after the game. This to me looks like what we hoped would happen three weeks ago maybe is starting to happen in that guys are figuring out what their role is a little bit on this team. Sean East is the uh, Caleb Grill is, I think you called him this year's version of Trey Gomillion, right? The guy that just, he just does all the dirty work. Um, Connor Vanover settling into a role a little bit. It, I, I don't quite want to go as far as Dennis Gates has and say they had to go through Jackson State to maybe get here, but it looks like they are figuring out kind of how this, how this team works together and what the roles are and what the roster can do together a little bit more. Yeah, I think a big part of it, too, is like the rotation, I feel like, has also started to take a, a much more firm shape, right? We we kind of know um, 
who the subs are going to be when it's time to pull certain guys. Like when Aiden Shaw came out, you knew like the first guy off the bench was going to be Jordan Butler or Connor Vanover because Shaw got into foul trouble. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that we're starting to see guys play like kind of a standard set of minutes and they, they're figuring out what they need to do to stay on the court um, once they do get those chances. Yeah, and um, it's not going to be every guy's night every night, right? I mean, mm -hmm. they survived Nick Honor really having a really rough night last time out. Mm -hmm. They survived Noah Carter going one for nine today. So yep. it doesn't have to be the same guy every time because somebody's going to be off as long as enough guys are on. I, look, I, I don't know if they've completely – I'm still not sure what to think of this team totally, but it feels a lot better than it did two weeks ago. Well, I think that that kind of goes back to what we thought about the team like really early, even before the season, was that they're really deep. So even when somebody like Nick or Noah doesn't have it on a specific night, you know, they'll find somebody who can step up and, and kind of re replicate that production. I thought Connor Vanover and Jordan Butler did did an OK job of, um, you know, having to fill in for Noah when he wasn't really you know, getting it going. And on top of that, Aiden Shaw getting into foul trouble. Aiden Shaw, I thought, was incredible in the limited minutes that he got to play, 13 tonight. Um, but, like, plus 12 in 13 minutes, like, that's having a serious, serious impact on the game. Um, I think that he was kind of a reason that um, Mizzou wasn't able to put, put the game away was because he kept having to come off the floor when he picked up a foul. So, yeah, but uh, – yeah, like I said, it goes back to the depth of the team. They they'll have answers for guys every night, um, and uh, tonight it worked out for them, right? They they figured out what it took to get the win over Wichita State. Want to invite you guys? Uh, questions, comments, throw them up there. We'll we'll get to them. Uh, Drew's going to be here with us for about ten more minutes, probably, and then he's going to go right uh, basketball wise. Then we'll bring in Gerard and, and Cam and talk a little football, and we'll get to those questions as we go. So. Drew, how good a win is this? Um, on a scale of one to ten, it's it's probably a seven. Like it kind of very, very solid. It's not gonna like automatically guarantee that you're going to the NCAA tournament, but it's one that you can say, okay, like Wichita State's not a, a quote unquote blood donor, right? Like they're gonna have a pretty solid season. Um I think they've only lost once coming into this game and it was against Liberty who's ranked pretty highly uh, in, in the Ken Palm ratings. So uh, yeah, I, I think that it's a very solid win for them. I think it's a win that'll give them some confidence going into next week's matchup, which is going to be pretty important. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, this, this is a pretty good win for Mizzou for sure. Well, and I mean, I know Liberty, Liberty made a new year's six bowl. So I'm glad to hear Ken Palm does have them uh, pretty hot. <laughs> you know, uh, that'd be a tough matchup for him with Oregon, but um, yeah. it, it, somebody else brought up in the comments and I just got a couple texts before this. Missouri is hardly alone in SEC bad losses this season. Mm -hmm. uh, Arkansas had, had a bad one at home. Kentucky just lost to, I think it was UNC Wilmington. Correct. Mississippi state lost to Southern today. Hmm. So uh, this, think, is, this uh, is Auburn lost to somebody too. Auburn lost to some Auburn lost to App State today, Appalachian State. Correct. Yeah. So yeah, so and then, uh, is Vanderbilt this early season college basketball? I think so. I mean, like part of it is like the transfer portal and and kind of like you know 
guys who maybe wouldn't play at this level getting a shot at a at a mid-major school and um you know it, it, i definitely think it has evened out the playing field a little bit i mean we've we've seen two 16 seeds upset number one seeds in the tournament sure. in the past whenever the first one was um uh six years i think yeah yeah six years so um i i think that college basketball specifically it's a little bit more volatile than other sports so upsets happen more often and you know i, I wrote after one of the games this season like the 30 point upsets aren't as common either right you're not mm -hmm. going to just bulldoze some of these mid and low majors teams anymore like there's some genuine real talent um, on some of the lower tier schools all right, so we talked about this a little bit uh, on the show last week, but we are now kind of at this first, okay, what do you got stretch, right? Mm -hmm. At KU, um, then Seton Hall in Kansas City, and then Illinois and St. Louis. Uh, we said one and two doesn't kill your season, but two and one would make you feel really good, and mm -hmm. I, I don't think today changes that at all, right? If you can go two and one no. and you're – would that that would put you nine and three you mm -hmm. feel great about that yeah yeah and then you you also got the central arkansas game so that puts you at double digit wins heading into conference play um we we oh, assume you're, you're just count you're just counting that one <laughs> not, not everybody beat scotty pippen central arkansas bears or i don't know if you're, that's their mascot you're very correct on that game um no but yeah like this is probably going to be the most important stretch of the non-conference slate, especially because you got the loss against Jackson State, right? And like we talked about earlier this week, you need a makeup win. Um, and so doing better than expected against three really tough opponents like Kansas, Seton Hall, and Illinois, um, that'll, that'll kind of turn things around for you. It, like you said, it, it'll make you feel really good about the chances of making the tournament. Um, by the end of the season. And I think, and T-Rise points this out, we talked about this a little bit during the game. Mm -hmm. Caleb Grill's starting to play better, and he's starting to look comfortable. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is maybe the biggest difference in this team the last week or two. Yeah, for one, his shot is starting to drop, right? He went three for six today. Um, he had another good game against uh, Loyola the other night. Um, and, and, you know, I, I called him the Trey Gomillion of this team, but he's really like Trey Gomillion on steroids, right? Because he can do a lot of stuff that um, Trey Gomillion wasn't necessarily able to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that Caleb Grill, if he can play like this consistently, um, he's going to be a huge piece of the rotation because he, he just sets an edge for Missouri, right? Like, not a whole lot of other guys were getting to the boards like he was. Aiden Shaw was really the only other one. So, um, yeah, I think that he's going to be really important for Mizzou if he can keep up this level of play. Yeah. Uh, Morgan Cavender points out, apparently at some point LSU lost to Nichols this year. Yeah. Did that really happen? Yeah. That did happen. I, I mean, I feel like when they, when they went from Nichols State to just Nichols, I feel like that was a step up for them. I mean, it, it's okay to lose to Nichols. They're not they're not secondary to anybody. They're just University of Nichols. And so that's yeah. cool. Uh Vandy losing to Presbyterian, man. That ain't great. 
No, um, yeah, that, that was kind of the first one that kind of sparked the, I guess it's an epidemic in the SEC of losing to mid-major yeah. teams. But yeah, it, and, that's, and, that's and the, look, like we're joking about all this, but that could be a thing down the road that, look, your, your conference RPI, your power rankings, things like that, you start to pile up a lot of these bad losses as a league, and then some of the conference wins maybe don't do as much for you as right. they otherwise. I mean, it, it was it was a big reason that we went into the college football playoff show last night or this morning going, yeah, well, it is actually possible for the first time that the SEC doesn't get in because they don't really have a lot to point to in the non-conference. And so, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. The SEC's won some games. Arkansas beat Duke. You know, there have been some games, but – SEC's got to pick a few up, and Missouri could help here in the next few weeks. Yeah, and, and, you know, we talked earlier this week, you know, we thought that maybe seven SEC teams get in or or maybe eight if one of them has a really good non-conference slate. But um, you're right. If the conference RPI isn't that good and, and the SEC isn't one of the better Power Five or, or high major conferences, mm-hmm. like those spots are going to dry up. They're not going to send as many as maybe some people think right now. Yeah, um, it, T-Rise is asking how many blocks Aiden Shaw had. I, I don't have the box score in front of me. Three? Yeah, okay, three. so down day for him, but but still pretty good. Um, <laughs> so I want to – this will work out well. I'm going to I'm gonna bring Gerard in now, and he's there on the bottom of the screen, so you guys can hang out together for a minute. Uh, so this is kind of a good transition question. So we'll, we'll start with Drew's answer and then, then get Gerard's. Jason wants to know – Bigger potential win for Mizzou Athletics, winning in Lawrence next Saturday or beating Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl? Drew, what do uh, you got? I'll say Kansas because it's a rivalry game, um, and it's been a long time since they had a win against the Jayhawks. Gerard? Uh, I second that. Uh, it, rivalry game on the road versus usually a parentally top five team. And also, we don't know exactly who in – who will be playing for Ohio State? Ryan Day just kind of said, like, we expect everybody to play, but they got the announcement a couple hours ago. So it's Ryan hard Ryan Day be lying a lot. It, right yeah, now. it's hard for me to believe <laughs> that uh, maybe someone like Marvin Harrison or some of those other studs they got over there are probably going to play. So I'm going to say Kansas. Really? That's interesting. I go Ohio State. I think okay. capping off an 11-win football season, uh, they are one – one ten and one all time against Ohio State. I don't care who plays; it doesn't matter. Four years down the road, nobody's going to know Marvin Harrison and Mecca Buka and JTT, whose last name I can't pronounce, didn't play for Ohio State. So, I because it's a December college basketball game. If this was if this if this is played on March nineteenth in the second round, no question, beating Kansas is bigger. Uh, but I go Ohio State, so that is uh, that is intriguing. But don't get me wrong. I think the message board would be quite happy if they came out with a win next Saturday morning. <laughs> I think that would work out well. So, uh, all right, Drew, we're going to let you go right and get to it. Um, cover this game that I paid very little attention to for the first 34 okay. minutes. So, uh, appreciate it. We'll uh, we'll talk to you later on. So, uh, bring Gerard in full screen now. Um, I, I think, Gerard, fair to say that was about the – best Missouri could have hoped for when this morning started is Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl. You agree? Yeah, logistically, um, the, the trip to Dallas works out for everyone. It's about 
nine or 10 hour drive. They can drive, uh, they can fly directly there. So that's something they got a good fan base as far as alums there. So that's good. And then as far as Ohio state, I mean, you're not in the playoff, but you get a, a team that's always in the playoff and just until what a week ago or two weeks ago or whatever, you know, my brain's all messed up, but real, real recently they were top, you know, top three team earlier in yep. the year. They were number one in the rankings for the first week yep. or two. So, I mean, to kind of get that, get that game on a national stage, because we've talked about it. Yeah. You go to the Cotton Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, but you're playing, you know, Liberty or Tulane or something like that. It's just kind of like, right. it feels like a little bit of a letdown. So definitely getting that opponent is, is big time. And I think the opponent is more important than the location. I mean, don't get me wrong. Arizona would have been cool. Uh, you know, I know a lot of fans have been to the Cotton Bowl and they would have liked uh, Atlanta or, or Phoenix maybe, but it, that is balanced out by getting to play Ohio State. I, I think uh, this is one that I, I was a senior in college the last time these two teams played. Uh, so I think it'll be a, a big deal. Um Although, hey, man, that, that Oregon-Liberty matchup, I know I'm fired up for that one. I, I'm sure Oregon will have no opt-outs in that game at all. Oh, man. feel bad for the – I feel bad. Yeah. It's just like uh, – I mean, they, they literally went into Friday night thinking we're playing for a national title. I thought they were going to – And now they're playing Liberty. Yeah, I thought they were going to they were gonna spend a block and get that win back versus Washington, and it didn't happen. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know what type of game that will be, but uh, – I don't know if I'll be watching it. <laughs> so, so before we jump into uh, to everything um, and and bring Cam in in a couple minutes, I, I know your answer to this because we talked about it a lot in the last twenty four <laughs> hours. But for the people watching, committee get it right. Yep, yep. I feel bad for Florida State. I I, I really, really feel bad for for Florida State. And the problem is. Their rules and stuff, and it's still opinion based. Like no matter what they say, playoff system rankings, it's in a way still like the BCS with all the like uh, this has this like. There's still opinion to it, so that's unfortunate. But when we're talking about, I guess when they go back to best of the best, top four teams, Michigan, Washington, then it's like you can tell some people probably on the committee was like. Well, Bama's definitely got to be in. And the other half was, if they're going to be in, you have to put Texas in and then vice versa. I think that was kind of the thing. Like, we've got to get ours in. And they was just like, all right, so, well, Georgia, you had the streak, but 17 of those games that you had, they don't matter this year. And you lost the title game to another team that's going to take your spot. So that was it for them. I feel like what they did is I don't feel like they did most deserving or best teams. I feel like they did a blend of the two, which I have no problem with, but, like Georgia, clearly one of the best teams, but they got beat in what amounts to a playoff game on Saturday. Absolutely. Florida State, clearly deserving based on winning the games that were in front of them. But anybody that watched them Saturday night is going to say they can't stay on the field with any of the other three teams in this playoff as they are currently put together. So yeah. I think they got it right. Um, look, we knew this is the first time there were five or six teams with a legitimate argument to get in. And so there were going to be a couple teams that were, were pissed off and, and, and that's the way it goes. Uh, but I think they got it right in for Missouri, Florida state, not getting in was huge because Florida state not getting in the playoff, put Florida state in the orange bowl, Georgia getting bumped down, made Georgia go to the orange bowl. And that freed up, you know, Again, what I think is the best possible matchup on the board for Missouri. Absolutely. And, and I know 
Georgia and Florida State fans don't want to hear. That's a hell of a matchup, though. Uh, uh, Georgia, Florida State. That's a, that's that's the game. I'll I'll be. I don't know what day or when that game is, but if it's not when Missouri's playing, I'll watch that game. It's a pretty good. One. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> try to get you a couple questions before we we bring a, an old friend on the show, uh, Freeway Jared. Appreciate it, man. How big of a statement to the rest of the SEC would it be to beat Ohio State? Look, I don't think this team much cares if Arkansas fans think they belong in the league or if South Carolina fans do. I don't think you guys should care either. You go fight your wars on Twitter if you want, but it doesn't matter. I mean, Missouri won 10 games for the third time in 11 years in the SEC. They've appeared in more title games than most teams. They've got a better record than a lot of teams. Like, I, I don't know why anybody cares what a Tennessee fan on Twitter says about whether you belong in the league or not. Yeah, I think this is more like, if anything, they're happy. Like, a win helps recruiting is what I'm thinking about instantly for me. Yeah, I agree. Like, all right, so we went 10-2 and two in the big, bad SEC. We took Georgia to the limit. Um, now we're in the Cotton Bowl facing Ohio State. Well, what if we, we beat Ohio State? Now all those recruits, like Jeremiah McClellan, that's going to be a big thing, you know, the kind of tug of war, I guess, for him, things like that. So I don't think you care about, uh, look, look, LSU or whatever. We can hang with – no one cares. But recruiting-wise, it, it helps there. Yeah. All right, so we got a, got somebody waiting in the green room here on the uh, Yingling show. Cameron Teague, who uh, – I don't know, man. Maybe Cam – maybe you just cover both teams. You know about Missouri. You used to be here. <laughs> uh, Cam, for those of you who don't know, Cam was, was at the Columbia Daily Tribune for – what, Cam, two, three years? Or, or yeah, not quite that three, long? It's probably three years. It's probably three years. Okay, three years. He has, has moved on to, I don't know, I guess we could say bigger things, better things. He's, he now covers Ohio State for the Athletic. So uh, appreciate him joining. I don't think he would have gotten on the show, but when I said, but Cam, it's sponsored by Yingling, he's like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll get on that show for sure. Hook me up. It, it, anything for the free beer, anything for the free beer. <laughs> exactly. So uh, my, our Yingling contact uh, commented earlier. He's on this show. So, Mike, we got to hook Cam uh, Cam Teague up with, with, with some Yingling swag or something. Or uh, or just, yeah, just yeah. Gerard might have to take an extra carry-on of, uh, you know, Yingling down to, <laughs> down to Dallas with him. But so, Cam, we were talking about, man, Missouri fans are jacked up about this. Like, this is the best yeah. possible opponent they could have drawn, fired up. I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that Ohio State fans are not quite as excited about the announcement. Yeah, no, no, they're not. I think some are probably hope, maybe hoping for Oregon, um, considering Oregon beat them in, what, 2021. Um, and then Oregon's also coming to the Big Ten. They go to Oregon next year. I think people might have been hoping for that. I, I just think Ohio State's in a tough spot. You lose to Michigan at the end of the year, and then you don't make the playoff because you lost on the road by six to the number one team in the country. I think people are still dealing with that loss. So I don't think it matters who Ohio State played, whether Orange Bowl, Cotton Bowl, Fiesta Bowl. If it wasn't college football playoff, I think people are going to be kind of frustrated. Cam, do you expect – like Ryan Day just had the uh, Zoom press conference and he was saying he expects everybody to play. I mean, do you expect, you know, the big timers, you know, like Harrison to play or what's your gauge on that? Yeah, he told us before the Zoom call that he said that he, he said that he they hadn't had a team meeting yet. Um, I, I find it hard to believe Marvin Harrison Jr. were playing that game. Um, even more so, I find it hard to believe Trayvon Henderson were playing that game because as many injuries as he's, he's had in the last two years, three years, um, 
I mean, it just makes sense for him to sit out. I don't know that he needs to do anything else from what he showed that in the back half of the season. Um, there may be other guys who need to play. Um, so some of the other draft prospects might need to play, but the big guy, big name guys, I, I wouldn't, if I was them, I understand the whole opting out thing. Um, but I think we'll get clearance over here, clearance on it here in a, or clarity on it here in a, in a little bit. So the, my view of this Ohio State team is, like, look, they're good. They're a legitimate top 10 team, no question. They don't strike me as being quite what the last three, five, eight Ohio State teams have been. Is, is that fair or is, is that selling them short? I mean, I kind of feel like they're hard to judge because they really had like a two-and-a-half game season. Yeah, it's it's different. It's different. I think they're a different team than the past. That they're not the same. Put up fifty every week. Throw for five hundred yards. Um, the offensive line, the tackles, the offensive line, especially the tackles, struggle a little bit. Um, Kyle McCord's had his inconsistencies and in just reading coverages and especially looking to his second progression. Um, so they're not the same offensive juggernaut, but they're really good on defense. I mean, they have two dynamite NFL guys on the edge. I think they have two, potentially three NFL guys inside at the tackle. Um, so I really like I really like their defense. I mean, their, their linebackers are solid. I think they have one of the better corners in the country in Denzel Burke. So that's kind of what they've leaned on all year. Right? They've leaned on their defense, and their offense kind of gets them by, especially with, like, better second halves. It's weird to me they got worse at quarterback when C.J. Stroud left. That dude's not doing anything in the NFL. Maybe. Yeah, it's just like he, he's, he's really sticking it up in the NFL. <laughs> Cam, what do you uh, anticipate the spread being if they don't got no Henderson, no Harrison, maybe a couple other players? What do you think? Because Drink just said he anticipates being the underdog. He anticipates, you know, not being favored in this game. So what do you think it'll be? Yeah, I'm not a spread expert, so I won't go into points. But regardless of who's playing, I expect Ohio State to be a favorite because it's Ohio State. I mean, <laughs> it's it's Ohio State against Missouri. I think if people are going to look at that line, it'd be like Ohio State should beat Missouri. And not that's taking nothing away from Missouri, but – Knowing the history of Missouri football the way I do and knowing how things go wrong at the most inopportune times for Missouri football, I think people know that version of Missouri football and not this 10-win Eli Drinkwitz version of Missouri football. Now, Cam, I just spent like four days telling Missouri fans to quit being so negative because I promised they were in the New Year Six and they quit giving me the, oh, we're going to get Mizzou, and now you come on here and, and, and now you're just knocking it back down. Um, but, no, and look, part of the spread too is – like, people take a spread as a prediction. It's not necessarily that, but the casual better is going to go, oh, Ohio State's playing Missouri? Yeah, give me Ohio State all the points, you know? So, like, you can't favor Ohio State by enough to get people to take Missouri that maybe don't – haven't paid super close attention to these two specific teams. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think it's it's it's, like, it's, it's a name thing, especially on spread, mm -hmm. Vegas and spread odds and things. All that stuff is name stuff. It's until people do like the people who make real money are the ones who do the research on things. Um, but that is uh, it's, it's just a name recognition thing. A lot of people are like, Ohio State, they're not in the Costco playoff. I'm definitely picking Ohio State. It's just it's kind of what yeah. it is. Yeah, um, I, I just gotta I gotta ask because I feel like this has kind of been surrounding it since the since the loss about Ryan Day and I guess the the fan base and how they feel about him and you know the prospects of him coming back next year and you know staying longer. What do you think? Is his seat hot a little bit or how does that go for for that program? It, I, it's tough. It's tough because I think Ryan Day is a fantastic coach. I think he's one of the best coaches in the country. I think he's one of the best play callers and game game planners in the country. There's something about the mission game that just has him just befuddled. He, he can't. He he loses all all his aggression. 
He loses kind of his like let's rip it attitude. But you can't lose him against Michigan Ohio State. Like you could go eleven and one for fifteen straight years, and if you that one loss every year is as Michigan, they're gonna kick you out of here. He's lost three in a row. He's not he's not getting fired. I mean, their their AD announced that he's retiring in June. They're close friends. He's he's not gonna fire Ryan Day on his way out of here. That's probably gonna be the new AD's job if Ohio State loses to Michigan next year. That's the big thing. If no matter what, like twelve team playoff, Ohio State should always be in a tilt twelve team playoff, right? So if you lose to Michigan next year, then you're going to have a real question of like, okay, this is, this is a problem. He can't beat Michigan. Um, and the next idea is going to have a problem. As crazy as that sounds to me. Like I, I, I just want, I just want to be clear. He's 50 and seven. Isn't that right? Yeah, exactly. It's 50. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. Something crazy. He, he Michigan's the only big 10 team he's ever lost to. Like, yeah, but people want him out because he can't beat Michigan. And, and I get it. Like it's your rival. There's recruiting, there's recruiting stuff that goes into it. And, and a lot, um, but yeah, it, it, next year is going to be big. He has to be Michigan next year, especially if Harbaugh's not there and Michigan's losing like forty some seniors. Like he's going to have to be Michigan next year. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, good news. It's not going to make Ohio State fans feel any better. But I told Gerard this: it, you haven't covered a Cotton Bowl, have you? I've not. Okay, there is no better media experience than covering the Cotton Bowl. They take care of you down there. It is an yeah. excellent experience. I would I would suggest getting there early, taking advantage of the hospitality room. I have received a text from our Yingling guy. You need to text me your shirt size, and you're going to get hooked up with Yingling gear <laughs> for, for your special no, guest you. appearance. So we, we take care of people here, Cam. This is what we do. Man. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. No, it's good. I, I appreciate it. All right, buddy. I appreciate you taking some time, man. I know you're busy, but uh, we'll, we'll be talking to you, I'm sure, in, in the next few weeks. And uh, Gerard's got the company credit card, so he'll buy you dinner at some point. Yeah, I, I told him. I told him since you're not coming, dinner's on still on you guys. So, oh, oh. all right. Uh, yeah, he's out. I, there's a real good Whataburger right by the media place. That's the budget for the day. Oh, all right, Kim. Appreciate you, man. We'll talk to you. I right, yeah, appreciate you guys. Yeah. All right, have a good one. That's Cameron Teague, covers the Buckeyes for the Athletic. And uh, I got to know Cam well when he was, was he was here covering Mizzou. And, and Gerard, you, you got to – Cam was actually the one that I think uh, told you to uh, apply for the job here. Isn't that right? Yeah, Cam was uh, my mentor when I was still in um, – when I was still an intern working at the Tuscaloosa News. So I've known Cam for, for quite a minute. Yeah, he was the one who told me, it was just like, ah, it's his job up. So yeah, me and Cam yeah. go back and yeah, he texted me when I was, uh, when we was leaving, he said it was on Gabe, but since he's not going, it's on you. And I said, well, inevitably it's still on Gabe. <laughs> <Dinner is still laughs> on Gabe. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be checking that line item from, uh, from Dallas, oh, Texas. Man. I tell you that. So, uh, <laughs> all right, look, uh, let's, uh, I want to get to, we had, we had some questions and stuff, uh, from fans before we got on here. I want to get to answer a few of the fans' questions, uh, not the ones about uh, us being shirtless for the show. I don't really uh, enjoy those questions, but we'll we'll answer the other ones, and, and i got to hop off here in the next 15 minutes or so because i got another shirt show to do, and uh, Gerard and I have a uh, prior engagement at 7.20 that cannot be missed. So we're trying to uh, finish that up. But uh, Todd says, do you think it will be a pro-Missouri crowd in Dallas Back we're playing Ohio State is all I need to buy tickets on the spot. Um, so they made an announcement at the the basketball game that eighty percent of Mizzou's ticket allotment is sold out. I believe for these New Year's Six games, uh, each school is allotted fifteen thousand tickets, so that means twelve thousand of them are sold. I'm not great at math, but I can figure that out. I mean, 
I've got to imagine as far as attendance, this is best case scenario for Missouri. It is. Uh, Ryan Day did point out that Ohio State fans travel well, and I'm just going to – I believe them because you're used to winning. They're used to being in big bowl games, and it's kind of like any team that plays in L.A. versus the Chargers or whatever, or when they, you know, plays the Raiders, those people want to go to those cities and see their team play, or those people who live there want to see their team that they don't get to see play. So um, it's the best-case scenario for Missouri, but I don't know if that necessarily means Missouri is going to have the whole thing. Right. Also, because Dallas is one of those cities that, like, look, there's there's fans of every school. Like, yes, yeah. it's a big Mizzou alumni base. I'm sure it's a big Ohio State alumni base. But also, Ohio State is one of those teams that has a lot of fans that, like, they didn't go to Ohio State, but they're just Ohio State fans. Yeah. Correct. So, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, trying to roll through some of these, uh, see if we can get to anything else uh we've already answered that so yeah i know this is a really good uh, really good podcast when i'm just uh, scrolling through comments um okay uh drinkwitz i know connor says i know drink said ennis is the only one he sees not playing is there anybody else you guys see opting out i mean the only other one that was in question to me was tyron hopper because right. you know he's banged up i could see and this could change right i mean but I asked specifically about Hopper today, and Drake indicated he was playing. Darius kind of mentioned Hopper in one of his answers. It doesn't sound to me like Missouri's going to have very many guys opting out of this. Well, there's two things. One, this whole time gives them enough time for those guys who are like like Ennis and Tyron, they can get healthy. So if they can play health-wise, they'll play. Two, playing in this New Year's Six Bowl, especially for the upperclassmen, that's a big thing to them. It, I mean, obviously, Missouri isn't Ohio State a guy. So it's not a championship or bust thing. Like, this is very important to them. So if they can play, they'll play. And also, I guess it's three things. Drink said, you know, a couple weeks ago that if you decide to transfer out but you still want to play, you can. So even if even if you see somebody in a portal, a chance at this with this team, I think, you know, some guys will still say, yeah, I want to play in this game. So uh, I don't expect many more. And with Ennis <clears> – <throat> I, I seriously think this could be a thing. Peach Bowl, he's just going to get healthy. Fiesta Bowl, he's just going to get healthy. This is a Texas kid. I can see him yeah, I in this game, game for sure. when he wouldn't play another game. For sure. That's also something I was thinking. He's a, he, I'm pretty sure he's Duncanville. I think, uh, think that's where he's uh, from, or that's the school he went to or something like that. I think that's right. Yeah, um, yeah he's he's probably going to, to play that game. He's It's going to be kind of similar to – I forgot who it was a couple weeks ago, but – He's going to have to show them, though, that he can play, though. Like, you know, he's got the senior bowl coming, senior bowl coming up. Obviously, his draft stock is pretty high. Drink won't let him screw it up, but um, I think he'll play. Yeah, no question. Uh, did you see uh, did you see Drink's comment on ESPN? Uh, the Connor. <laughs> the Connor Stallions one? Yeah. I he's love it. Man. Like, because I, I know, I guarantee you, I guarantee you he thought about that, and he's like, ah. Probably shouldn't do this, right? But he just—I'm he here, himself, man. He cannot help himself. He just gets out there. He's like, he's like, I feel myself a little bit. I'm gonna do it. I, I, know, it great. I, I think about it. To be honest, to me, based on what everybody has said and everything, Drake has been on his best behavior this year for the most part. Oh yeah, yeah. he hasn't said anything, but now he's got his swag back. 
you know, you know that that I think I got my swag back. That guy in the locker room from the uh, I think it was like Dallas or something like that in the, the locker room. He's saying that, and that's drink. His team's a ten and two about to play Ohio State. He's gonna kind of go off at the mouth a little bit. It's all right. It's funny. Yeah, it, it was amusing. Reese Davis thought it was hilarious. So so no issues whatsoever. I mean, look, guys, we're 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 not gonna get into matchups and breaking this thing down. We'll, we'll, Even they yeah. don't know. Even they don't know. Right. We don't yeah. know who's playing. Uh, Drink said today they'll start working on Ohio State in practice probably around December 15th or 16th. The team is going down on December 23rd. Gerard's going to head down the day after Christmas. Um, so we got a lot of time, and we're going to have tons of stuff on this game over the next 26 days. Um, but obviously not going to get to the specifics yet. But we did want to kind of make sure that, that we got to you guys and and uh, got a little reaction and a little basketball, just kind of packed everything into to one thing because uh, this was a hell of a day for Mizzou, man. Uh, I mean – Cotton Bowl, top 10 team, premier opponent, win a basketball game. Uh, things went pretty well. Excellent. Excellent day for them. It's just been, And I see this bottom line of the top 25 teams or whatever, and I just started thinking, like, I said earlier Georgia-Florida State was going to be a good game. And then I was just thinking, I, I, obviously, it's maybe not going to be a good game. It's I a good game, game, yeah. I just, I just thought about the quarterback situation, and Georgia's probably thinking, like, Think if this was num- they were number one versus number four Florida State. That would have been the ultimate thing, and now it's like Orange Bowl. So, of course, I completely forgot I, the third, second string guy playing. Yeah, but you know what? I was talking to somebody at halftime, and, and we were talking about that game. Guy that used to play for Mizzou, and he said, oh, Kirby's going to have them pissed off ready to make a statement. Man. They're going to use that as their chance to come out and just bury Florida State. They're going to say, what well, we did at TCU was nothing. Yeah, see, see, we we should have been in, no question. Um, All right, let's finish up with this, man. First of all, I love these semifinals. Michigan-Bama, awesome. Washington-Texas, love that game. game. It's going to be so fun. Uh, Who wins it? Let me get a – I feel like Washington can beat Texas. I think they do lose to the winner of Michigan-Alabama. Who wins it all? I'm going to say Bama wins it all. I'm going to – but who I want to win, like if I was to choose just for the experience, I'd say Washington. It just seemed like a fun team. We're on the same page. I will not bet against Nick Saban. I would probably pick Nick Saban to win it. I would pick Georgia to win it if Georgia was in it. But, man, I, I love watching Michael Penix play football. It's I awesome. love watching that. Him and Roma Doomsday, I love that offense, man. I hope Washington gets it done. Uh, I was texting with Gerard last night who was shocked to find out that Washington has split a national title. One of us is old enough to remember it. The other yeah. one is not. No. I, I said when, when I seen that thing that said 18th Pac-12 championship, I said, besides the last 10 to 15 years, I don't remember ever hearing Washington won a national anything. So, um, yeah, I just found out today. I think it was 1992. So, Hey, yeah, shout they, out to they, had some, they had some dudes. Warren Moon played for Washington. Warren Moon was – he was definitely in an NFL. That was a long time ago. So, yeah, I'm thinking even before then, like, I don't know. 18 yeah. Pac-12 championships just sounds not correct. So, there you go. A couple of Washington fans just talking about Mizzou, Ohio State. <laughs> so, uh, appreciate you hanging out. Uh, Gerard's got uh, stuff either, I don't know, it's either already on the site or it's going to be on the site pretty soon. Not sure where you're at in, in, in your process of the day, but he'll have that. Drew is overwriting um, 
basketball stuff. I've got video of this. We'll podcast the show. Do me a favor, like, comment, subscribe. Uh, help out our friends at Yingling. If you're out celebrating the big night, if you're going to watch Chiefs Packers night, go pick up some Yingling. Any variety will get it done. Um, again, we're hoping to get something done for you guys in Dallas. Uh, talking to our, our, our guys there, but they've been great partners of ours all football season long, and that will continue through basketball. So thanks for hanging out. Plenty more to come tonight, all week long. We'll talk to you next time.